0: You're listening to the Saluki Games Cast. This is episode 49 for June 14th, 2023. My name is Justin Young and I'm joined as always by Alicia Utek, Ryan Frills and OJ Duncan. Hey, everyone's
1: here. I'll say I think this everyone's is the first, in the same room. Our first summer episode this summer with everyone here.
0: It's it's yeah. been a while since we've all been in the same room yeah. together at the same time. So that's pretty cool. How's everyone been doing? Well, it's a little too late. I need to leave now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Uh, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: me you're talking about. No, OJ has to leave early to beat Ryan up in the parking lot. Don't you know yeah. that?
0: He's got to get a his stretches in. He doesn't want to pull something like <laughs> <by> beating Ryan. <laughs> oh man,
2: um,
0: Alicia, like I, I know you went to the Superman festival down in Metropolis, Illinois, the big city of Metropolis. Oh so yeah, <laughs> how no, that go?
1: It was a lot of fun. Uh, my parents came down, and so we only went on Friday, which I think was perfect, honestly, because. I was ex- We were all expecting it to be bigger, <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's really just like they close off one street, and they have food vendors there, which is cool because then you don't feel bad about like going and spending your time in the Superman Museum mm-hmm. and walking through and seeing all the cool stuff that they have there, um, but it was very much not what we were expecting. So I'm I'm glad that we only planned on going for one day and then spent the other days that my family was here. You know, we went out to dinner with a couple of my friends who had traveled up to Minnesota earlier this year for a conference and got to meet my parents then. So went out to dinner with them, went and did trivia night at one of the local bars. So that was a lot of fun. We went Saturday afternoon. We went over to St. Louis and, you know, I went up the arch and did like the little riverboat cruise thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it was really good to have my parents here. I'm glad that, like I said, I'm glad that I went to Superman Days. I'm still salty that I didn't go last year because I cared a lot more about the celebrities who were there last year. Sure. But I'm glad I went. I feel like I don't need to go again unless if they bring back celebrities that I care about. Right,
3: Celebrities are here this year send your hate mail too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: Tyler Hoechlin is obviously listening to our podcast right now. I will say the guy who they had there, you know, they do the Superman statue, and they have a guy there to be Superman. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, criminals show up and try to steal a statue, and he's mm. got to <laughs> stop them. And But he, w- he was really nice. We got our picture with him in front of the statue. And I was wearing, I have a T-shirt that's Superman, but kind of in the style of Van Gogh's Starry Night. Mm, okay, And he was like, oh my gosh, that shirt is so cool. Where did you get that? I want to get one. (laughs) So he he was really cool. I just
0: like the idea of the real Superman seeing somebody's T-shirt of him and going, that's so
1: cool. I want one of those. Right? It was awesome. We got sworn in as citizens of Metropolis, so I am now bound to be an ambassador, (laughs) which means I probably shouldn't talk about how dinky the whole thing was, but...
4: (laughs) Also, your apartment's probably going to get destroyed a few times. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. All right, well... After
3: offensive remarks, Alicia was stripped of her ambassadorship.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, but it was a really fun time. I'm really glad that we got to go, and it was was good, you know. My dad's always been more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, but I've always been more DC. I'm the black Mm -hmm. sheep of the family. (laughs) So... It, it was really neat getting to, and man, the Superman Museum, just incredible. And they actually, the gentleman who donated everything and got it started, you know, he was there, and he's probably in his 90s now. Mm-hmm. And so having him be there, you know, at, they did a rededication of the st- Superman statue because they just finished repainting it and all that, and it was just so cool. They gave him him like a little bit of time to talk it was incredible
4: nice
0: all right sounds good um, ryan oj how about you anything exciting going on
2: okay um, so i uh have to stare off the both. two of them are just like <laughs>
0: pointing at each other across the table no you
3: um, me and a friend uh finished watching uh evangelion it's uh, still up there with Al House for my favorite show of all time. Nothing, nothing changed there. Uh, but it was really cool to, like, show that to someone and, like, for them to get to see it and then, like, get to, like, see why I loved it so much. Um, aside from that, we also... Uh, she got me into watching Cobra Kai, which is not a show I was initially that interested mm. in, but now I'm very into, <laughs> like... I did not expect, like, the writing in that show to be as good as it is. It's, like, it's actually, like, really well written. And, like, I really like the character arcs and development and how it, like, reflects on stuff like class issues and stuff within the show. Um,
0: I don't think anyone expected that show to be good mm-hmm. when it first came on. No, it's and
3: it's, <laughs> like, and it's, like, now I kind of want to go back and watch the Karate Kids, like, because, like, this also has, like, some, like, it's not, It's a sequel series. It's not a prequel, but it has like some stuff that's like you know like before Karate Kid happened. This mm-hmm. happened to this character and so and so and like kind of want to go back and watch it with context and. Um, but I yeah I, I'm surprised by how much I love it.
0: Have you ever seen the Karate Kid films?
3: Oh yeah, I watched all of them when I was a kid, and I okay. I know I I think I pretty repetitively watched the first one on VHS when I was a kid.
0: Yeah, it, it does. Like provide some interesting context, like when characters come in and everything and, you know, it helps fill in some of the backstories of characters and stuff. So it's it's pretty cool.
3: Like when Johnny was talking about why he didn't like Daniel LaRusso and why he perceived him as the bad guy the whole time. I'm like, "Ah, ah, uh, yeah, well, uh, that makes some sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think they
0: lifted that like straight out of How I Met Your Mother. Because the actor uh, who plays Johnny, like, there's this whole thing about uh, Neil Patrick Harris's character and How I Met Your Mother is always like, yeah, uh, Johnny's the villain, or Johnny's the hero of The Karate Kid. And Danny uh, Daniel LaRusso's mm-hmm. the villain. And, like, he goes through this whole thing, and then they have the actor come on there, and he's, like, best friends with Barney, Neil Patrick oh, Harris' oh, oh, oh. character. <laughs> but, like, that show, to me, is and maybe it existed online probably before this, but, like, that show is what really galvanized the whole idea that, like, no, Daniel's really the villain, and Johnny's the poor victim of the original film.
3: And, like, I do, and, like, I think, so before I say this, I think Daniel's a well-written character, but he is very upper class in the show, and I'm just, there's times I'm so irritated with him, I'm like, you rich (laughs) rich asshole. (laughs) Like, Like, one of the things that he does to get back at Johnny at one point is he, talks uh the person that, like, owns the strip mall that it, uh, Cobra Kai is a part of is to, like, upping the rent, like, doubling it or something. <laughs> and then it's like, that, you rich boy. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have other words I want to say. but Yeah,
0: that's one of the fun things that the show does is, like, it takes Daniel and makes him this flawed character where he was, like, this sort of, you know this flawless hero in Mm -hmm. the original films, right? Like, and they just let him be perfect. And in this, they're like, well, no, he's flawed just like anyone else. And it makes him a more interesting character within the show, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So, yeah, that's a cool show. Like, people who haven't watched uh, Cobra Kai should definitely watch Cobra Kai so much better than you think it ever could be. (laughs) (laughs) And,
3: like, the fight scenes are, like, seriously good, too.
0: Yeah, they do a good job with those, and the the young cast is good. Oh yeah, like they've got a bunch of good young actors. The um the one guy is going to be the new Blue Beetle mm-hmm. film that's coming
4: oh, out yeah. this year. So I
1: forgot he was from Cobra Kai.
4: Um, all right, uh, OJ. Hey, so I'm doing pretty good. I uh I've been watching a lot of TV, uh and movies that I haven't been able to catch up on lately. Um, and now I, I just added Cobra Kai on my list because I, I heard people talk about how good it was, but I always forgot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in today's Buffy cast, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I I so I did. Decide, Have you changed your opinion about Dawn? No, I I do not. <laughs> um, but I so I think I said this before, but I bought season eight, the comics, um, and season nine, and a few of the other ones. That I'm going to go through and read, but I did decide to watch Angel this time after we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's the first time in a very long time that I've seen Angel, and a lot of stuff still seems kind of new to me. I uh, just finished season two, um, and so I I think it's pretty good. Um, better than I thought before, and Angel is becoming a better character to me now. Uh, so I'm sorry, David Boreanaz, that I judge you so harshly because of Angel. Um, <laughs> uh, He's not that interesting of a character on
0: Buffy. Yeah. Like, Angel really does make him a more interesting (laughs) Mm -hmm. character. You guys,
3: he felt so good for a moment, and then Justin just (laughs) drove the steak right back into it. No, no.
0: Like, I'm saying the same thing that he's saying, that Angel makes him into a really good character. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, he does
4: the same thing with Cordelia, right? Makes her into a really interesting character. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think it's so funny, because there's been a couple episodes where he could be in the sun now, um, and he just gets so giddy as a character when he's, can be in the sun or when he saw his reflection in the mirror. Um, so I think it was just, I, I'm really enjoying that too. But yeah, so I'm enjoying it a lot more than when the first time I saw it, um, way back when. And that's good. Uh, and I started teaching a summer course. So I'm teaching two this summer. Uh, I teach one through June and then one through July. Uh, and this is communication across cultures. It's one of my favorite classes to teach. Um, and I have a lot different demographic than I usually have teaching the class. Um, and so it's a really, really diverse group. Normally, it's a lot of, uh, because it's a class that anyone over the, in the university can take, it covers a core curriculum credit that people have to take for multicultural. Um, and I'll generally get a lot of people from a lot of the, uh, it's generally a lot of white people and they're U.S. Americans. Uh, but I have a majority of international students, a majority of students of color, a majority of women students. Um, and so I have, I'm having to change how I teach it a little bit. Um, because I'm teaching more about stuff that a lot of these people are experiencing firsthand mm-hmm. that I would, other than teaching people about what other people ex- are experiencing firsthand. So I think it, it's, it's really, it's making, it's challenging me a little bit and I'm really, really enjoying it.
0: Yeah. Cause it gets really weird if you as an American white man mm-hmm. are trying to explain to them, this is what your experience is like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh,
4: Cause I, uh, well, I think there's a, a, uh, a black African woman in the class. And so I'm telling her black women are experiencing all this but she didn't necessarily experience that before she came to the US, mm-hmm. right?
1: I'll say it's a very different experience being yeah. African compared mm-hmm. to being African American. Yes.
4: And so and and so I'm I'm having to think and rephrase things a little bit as I'm teaching and I really like being challenged like that. So so it's pretty good. I'm hoping I'm giving them a good experience in the class. I guess we'll see, but <laughs>
0: No, I, uh, I think yeah. if you're if you're self aware of that and mm-hmm. able to shift and everything, mm-hmm. and you know that's a very positive sign, right? Like yep. the negative would be mm-hmm. if you were like, I'm just teaching it the same way I always do, yeah, and not taking mm-hmm. note of who's in the <laughs> classroom. Yeah,
4: and the, the first few days were a little rough, but I uh, I got a lot of laughs today, and not at me, but at jokes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I I felt a lot better today than I have, uh, and so that's how, that's a good re- that's how I know that I think people are really getting it. Um, And so I'm doing a good job with it. So I'm hoping the last continue because (laughs) there's nothing worse than teaching a class and everyone sitting there and just staring at you. Yeah. Fact.
0: (laughs) Blank stares is about the worst thing you can get in the classroom. Yeah. I
1: think the only thing worse is just empty Zoom screens. (laughs) That's the only thing worse than blank stares. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Teaching via Zoom is not fun. Mm -hmm. Um, That's what I always thought was like, Crazy when people were saying, "Oh, these teachers—they like teaching online. It's so much easier for them." And as for who, <laughs> and I was <laughs> <Who> like, "Said <laughs> like every teacher I know was just miserable teaching via Zoom." Yeah. So, um, well, you know, it was—you heard a lot of this like kind of rhetoric when people were saying. Um, I guess it was a lot of conservative rhetoric about this is what they want to turn our education into, mm-hmm. and they want to get rid of you know school for our mm-hmm. kids and everything, and they're ruining school, and we've got to get our kids back in school, and
1: literally every teacher, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, no. Um, yeah. So speaking of TV, uh, last night I I don't know how I got onto this. I'm trying to remember now how I even got into wanting to watch this. But I watched the final episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, which I've seen before at least at least a couple of times. And I don't know why last night I watched it, but something I was reading just got me into a kick where I was like, I should go back. I should watch that. I can watch that right now, I bet. I bet I can pull this up on my iPad and watch it right this second, which I did. And um, you know, like I really like watching series finales because I always think it's really interesting. Like television shows are, to me, much more interesting than movies in that regard because you spend so much time. So like even a sitcom, right, you spend 10 years with the characters of a sitcom and then that show ends. How do you wrap that up? How do you give some sort of closure to the audience? And some shows are fantastic at doing that and some shows are terrible at doing it. Game of Thrones. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> one of the most infamous examples. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but so I was watching. I was watching Star Trek: The Next Generation because it is generally widely considered to be one of the best television finales ever made. Um, and it, you know, it doesn't have quite the twist of a New Heart, let's say, <laughs> but it is like this great finale episode. And I was watching it, and I was just thinking, like, yes, this is great. But also, like, we don't make television like this anymore. And, you know, I just, this past spring, they had the third season of Picard, which is the sequel series Mm -hmm. to this. And it's just so much more subdued and so much like, okay, we're just going to sit around and talk. And that's going to be the entire Mm -hmm. focus of the episode. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have scenes where characters are just talking to one another. We're going to have Beverly Crusher chew out Captain Picard because he doesn't respect her on her bridge in the future. And you're like, okay, that's actually like a really cool scene. And it's a cool dynamic because we've lived with these characters for seven years. And now all of us, and we know there's this like romantic tension and we're kind of flipping it where she's the one in charge now. And, that's really cool and it's cool writing and it's earned and it pays off and it feels like this great finale and closure to these characters and it's just really weird how we don't do that with television shows anymore we don't allow characters to just like have these conversations and to allow the like actual character dynamics to play out mm-hmm. like it's okay we have to have an action scene here mm-hmm. Like, we have to have these two characters come to blows with one another. Nobody hits in each other in this episode. <laughs> and that's the sort of thing, like, you, I feel like if you were doing it now and seeing modern Star Trek, that's exactly what they do, right? Like, well, okay, we'll, we'll just have a, a ship come in. There'll be a big shootout and everything. And there is, like, a shootout with some Klingons in this. But it's like this very brief little scene and it's between like three ships and not like an armada of hundreds (laughs) or thousands of ships. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's certainly a commentary on Star Trek and where it is today. But to me, it's a commentary on where all of television is today that we just don't make shows like this anymore. Um, And to me, that's what's interesting about television is that it can be more character-driven than films where you only have two hours, right? Like you can't develop deep like large cast of characters in a Mm two-hour film Mm -hmm. but you can do that in a television show over multiple seasons and that's the difference and that's the value of it yeah um so every time i watch a tv show now and it's like okay we're gonna have movie size big action scenes i'm like (laughs) that's kind of cool but like what's really cool in a tv show and you know i think buffy and angel are good examples of this Nobody watched those shows for the fight scenes. The fight right. scenes aren't that great. Mm-hmm. Like, you watch it because they actually develop those characters mm-hmm. to the point where you began to care about them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Angel, as a spinoff, is a really good example. You really start to care about Angel and Cordelia, mm-hmm. which were characters in the original show you sort of cared about, but they were kind of periphery characters. Right. They weren't the main characters mm-hmm. of the show. Um. So, yeah, anyways, kind of a, a rant off topic there, <laughs> but... <laughs>
4: Well, no, and so I think some really, really good examples of this have have been being made now, like recently. And I I hate to say, two weeks in a row I'm talking well about Apple, right? But um, so Apple TV, they have some shows that are really fantastically character-driven where I'm really caring about the characters. Like Ted Lasso um, is amazing. Um, There's, uh, I can't remember what, Talking or Counseling or something. I can't remember what the show was
0: Yeah, I think is it talking – you're talking about the one with uh, Harrison Ford and yeah, um, yeah. Jason yeah. Siegel? Yeah.
4: Counts, counts – uh, I'll remember it later. Um, they they play therapist yeah, in the show. Yeah. Shrink Shrinking – no. I know what show you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It is something like that. It's talking, okay. yeah. shrinking, something <laughs> like that. Um, and then we, we just recently started watching the Silo or Silo. Yeah. Which is – That's the name of it. Amazing, by the way. Uh, I – I, uh, I'm i actually paying for Apple TV now and rather than just getting, like, a six-month trial and watching everything and waiting until the next season's come out. Uh, and Yellow Jackets, too, is... Uh, yellow Jackets isn't on Apple TV, but it's on... Showtime. Showtime, yeah. Uh, it's an amazing, amazing show, I've and there's been, a new a new season out.
3: I've been told to take a look at Yellow Jackets.
4: Yellow, it's, it's fabulous. It's amazing. It's some of the best TV I've seen.
1: That's really interesting, too, because, like, I'm thinking about... You know, with my family, we a lot of. Because, you know, we like to binge shows, and Mm -hmm. a lot of what we've been doing over the past several years has been going back and binging older shows. Mm -hmm. Like, God, now I can't remember. Was Newhart first or the Bob Newhart show?
4: Newhart was first, I think. Okay,
1: yeah. So, like, we went back and binged those, Mm -hmm. and, like, I need to get back to, because during undergrad, I watched like the first five seasons of Frasier Mm -hmm. and then something happened and I fell off of it. But like, I want to go back to that. And like Mm -hmm. you said, there's just that character driven aspect where, you know, don't get me wrong. I love, you know, early seasons of Arrow, you Mm -hmm. know, season two of Arrow was probably the best out of the Mm -hmm. entire Arrowverse. But yeah, it's very different in how it's character driven versus being Mm -hmm. Mm scene-driven. I think driven by those specific, like, okay, Mm -hmm. we've got to have the build-up to the big fight scene Mm -hmm. rather than being, okay, well, what are the relationships between these characters? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, and I think, O.J., you're right. There are there are uh exceptions mm-hmm. right and yellow jackets is a really good example of that and any show that stars melanie linsky like yeah. gets my like thumbs up yeah, of yeah. approval cuz like she can do just about anything mm-hmm. and it's amazing yeah. um but yeah i think it you know like I, I just think my thing is those shows used to be on just like regular television mm-hmm. They weren't premium shows. So, like, the shows you're talking about are all, like, HBO caliber shows. Yeah, that's true. Um, You know, I I think Apple right now is the most like what HBO used to be, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they're doing these really premium series. Yeah. And they're not doing Mm -hmm. a ton of them, but, like, the ones they're doing. By the way, I looked it up. The Jason Segel show is called Shrinking. Shrinking, okay. Um, But you just don't see that on, like, regular television as much I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, and you know, it just, it just stuck out to me that, Mm -hmm. you know, Star Trek does, did that exceptionally well and like Mm -hmm. paid off those relationships in a way Mm -hmm. that mattered. Um, but anyways, we're here to talk about video games, yeah. <laughs> if you can believe it. We're not here to talk about Star Trek and Buffy and everything else, though. Um, Cobra
1: Kai. <laughs> Cobra Kai. I was like, Let's be honest. When you put a group of nerds together, we're going to talk about all the nerdy things. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah there's like an hour of pre-roll before this podcast begins. That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would just really. We should have like two or three podcasts, and we could just record <laughs> them one after another, as long as we could stay on topic. Um that's
1: the tricky part. <laughs> but yeah,
0: let's talk about what you've been playing. Alicia, have you been playing anything?
1: Okay, I have no clue what the heck is going on in Earthbound and I'm hooked. <laughs> I um So I'm to the point now I just recently got the fourth member of your crew. Which Ness is the only one who I knew the official name for mm-hmm. beforehand, so he's the only one I gave the mm-hmm. official name to. So mm-hmm. yeah. forgive me if I slip into the my names <laughs> for them instead of yeah. their official names. Yeah. <laughs> but I just got the Prince of Delam and beat I think the fourth is it the fourth guardian to get the that soundstone piece mm-hmm. after him. And so I'm like, I just I go through the game and I'm like, okay, yeah, like this makes sense, this makes sense. And then I'm also I'm using a walkthrough online for some parts because mm-hmm. I get lost on how to do things. Mm-hmm. And then, like, when you're in summers, you get a call from Jeff's friend, and he's like, "Oh, yeah, we're doing a survey of the players. <laughs> I need your name player." And I'm like, "What? <laughs> what?" <laughs> Yeah. Am I about to get doxed right now? <laughs>
0: like <laughs> mm-hmm. from a game from 1991. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's like it's Early so funny. doxing. <laughs> it's so it's so interesting because like you know coming at this in 2023, you know, being someone part of what got me started on Earthbound is OJ's constant recommendation. Part of it is you know knowing how huge of an influence it was for Toby Fox with Undertale and Delta Rune. And so, like, there are little things that I know because of Undertale and Deltarune. Like, I know Dr. An- I'm waiting for Dr. Andonuts mm-hmm. to be the bad guy because I know about the Earthbound Halloween hack <laughs> and the ridiculous amount of F-bombs that Toby Fox put in that fight. <laughs> but, and, like, the little details that are coming up and surprising me, like the when they call for help but no one came, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I see what Toby Fox did there referencing mm-hmm. that. <laughs> But then you get moments like this where I'm like, okay, Undertale narrator talks to the character or talks to the player all the time. And now suddenly this has talking to the player. Hang on, I'm confused. What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) So I, like I said, before going into this, my full knowledge of Earthbound was anything I've picked up from Super Smash Brothers (laughs) and... OJ's recommendations without spoilers, mm-hmm. and what I've picked up from being a Toby Fox fan, and so <laughs> I get I'm I have no I'm completely blind on this I have no clue what's happening, and I'm having a blast.
4: <laughs> I'm so excited that you're playing it. I, I'm so excited. So here's the thing about using the walkthrough though is that when it first came to the US. It had a gigantic. Pr- it was seventy dollars, mm-hmm. but it came with a strategy guide. Yep. Like yeah. you had to buy the strategy guide with the game, yeah, uh, because it's a little complex. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I miss,
1: I miss having like we have a strategy guide for Final Fantasy VII for uh-huh. the, both of the first two Kingdom Hearts games. Yep. I'm like, I miss when games did that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it's also worth noting that the reason they did that was that role-playing games weren't really a thing in the U S like games had been out before, like the first final fantasy and I guess final fantasy four slash two had been released prior to this one.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: But like they weren't a popular genre Mm -hmm. like we think of them today. So they really Nintendo, since they were putting this out first party, they really thought that a lot of players, this might be their first time playing a role-playing game. And And so they'd be completely lost about it.
1: And like I definitely had like when I first had to when I first was like, I have no clue what I'm doing, I need to pull up a walkthrough, I definitely had like a little bit of imposter syndrome of like, I should be able to figure this out. Like this mm-hmm. game is from nineteen ninety one. I can I can't figure this out, seriously. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh yeah, they used to publish like full strategy guides that, you know, told you how to mm-hmm. find all the little tricks and told you how to You know, Mm -hmm. again, I'm thinking of Final Fantasy VII. Told you how to make sure you got Vincent and Yuffie and Mm -hmm. all that. So I was like, I don't need to have imposter syndrome about this. (laughs) I can look up the IGN guide. Uh
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm thinking back to the King's Quest games. And a lot of adventure games used to come Mm -hmm. with little hint books. Mm -hmm. Because if you go Mm -hmm. back and you play those games now, you'll be like, how did anyone ever figure (laughs) this out? And they figured it out because they had a little hint book that Mm -hmm. went along with it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that, like I could go pay $90 to the hint guy to tell me what to do, <laughs> or I could pull up IGN. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: So that the thing that you're missing though that you can't get from the original experience is that it also came with scratch and sniff stuff.
1: <laughs> you're right, I can't get that. Yeah.
4: But <laughs> but look it look it up and see what the scents were. Just, 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 so, you, just so you promise me there wasn't one know.
1: for stinky ghost, because I've just dealt with so many stinky ghosts right now. <laughs> There was. Some of them were
4: not pleasant. (laughs) Oh, man.
0: (laughs) It was the uh, Harry Potter uh, jelly beans. beans. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) before them. So uh, that's cool. That's cool that you're playing that. Um, Anything else?
1: Um, That's been the big one. I mean, literally, you walked out. I was the first one here because I grabbed lunch beforehand, so I was early. And I was literally sitting on the floor outside the podcast room playing Earthbound (laughs) when (laughs) Justin got here. So, like, I am completely hooked. My cat Wesley is less so. I don't think he enjoys the <laughs> the pitch of the music, but yeah. <laughs> he he'll live.
0: Or probably you just ignoring him. <laughs> like Anything oh no. that takes your attention away. <laughs> oh, no, I'm very careful.
1: I only get to play when he's napping. <laughs> but See,
3: that's when my cat wakes up, though. As soon as I start playing, it's like, wait a minute. Oh, my God. You're not <laughs> appreciating my existence. It what, was what are so you doing?
0: funny. I, was I just assumed you <laughs> stared at me while I slept.
1: <laughs> there was one day he was sleeping up on his cat tree, and so I was sitting on the bed playing, and he opened his eyes, and the look he gave me was just – you. You get you sometimes when you have pets you know they look at you and you can just read their mind and the look he gave me was just like I hate that thing in your hands right now <laughs> I'm like you're on your cat tree it's not my fault you're not cuddling <laughs>
0: that's great um, all right Ryan
3: so I had a bit of a nostalgic um, recently and I started playing Pokemon Stadium since that's now on the <gasps> um <laughs> I I enjoyed the nostalgia kick. I don't think it holds up as good though now. That's fair. Um, I felt bad because I was like, I was like, I'm gonna give be honest about this. And then I saw you get excited. I'm like, oh. oh. Now, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for the nostalgia. To be fair, yeah. No, it it it's just, it was really cool to bring up like like just the little like video that happens before like as it's like you know the camera's moving past like the lines of Pokemon, the Pokemon, stadium music coming on, um, and then like you know, when it goes to, like, the menu screen and, like, how just how neat it looked um, and how that just very much was the look of its time. You don't see stuff like, like menu screens like that in games anymore. Like, I mean, that's with any generation, but, like, um, it just, it did bring me, like, right back to that. But it also, like, left me feeling sad in ways because, like, you still have the Game Boy Tower, which one of my favorite things about that was that I could just pop in, uh, you know, my Pokemon Red game when I was playing it when I was a kid and then, like, play it on the big screen TV. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I could even, like, look at my Pokemon. Like, they had a way to, like, bring your Pokemon into Pokemon Stadium, and you could look at them, like, with mm-hmm. a camera mode and stuff. And, you know, like, for ex- and, like, your uh, Pokemon might have, like, different, slightly different colorations than the ones that are just, like, you know, rentable within the game. Because, you know, you can rent Pokemon within the game and play Stadium that way, but you can also bring in your own Pokemon. And back then, like, you know, I noticed, like, ooh, my Charizard's redder than the ones that, you know, I could play otherwise. Um, and just it that way, that interactivity felt so cool at the time as a kid. Um, and just playing it now, I'm like, oh, I can't do that now, though. <laughs> like, and I, it kind of makes me wish that they'd do something with, like, the emulation to where you could go to that, and then you could just play Pokemon Red mm-hmm. on there. Like, put, like... Emulate those games within your emulation of Pokemon Stadium. That would be so cool. Um, or if they could, like, hook it up to
1: Pokemon Home somehow where you could.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that'd also be really cool. But, like, I. So. It reminded me of how much I loved it then, but then I was playing it now. It was like. It was kind of like. It wasn't bad. It just. <laughs> It wasn't like as exciting back mm-hmm. then. And I think part of it, though, is like that lack of like interact, like being able to interact my Game Boy with it. Um, but like, uh, just as my way of playing through a little bit of it, I they have like the leader castle, the gym leader castle, or something. So I went and played it, and I'm ashamed to say it took me a couple tries to beat Brock. <laughs> <laughs> like. Because I yeah. just I wasn't thinking much about my team. I just got Pokemon I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. And I was like I was like, oh crap, this didn't work out well. Like, I got past like the first three guys, but mm-hmm. as soon as I got back to Brock, I got killed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened a couple times. And then finally I'm like, all right, I'm gonna select a team that actually is going to work for this. Mm-hmm. And then I did fine. But um, and then just to, like play a little bit more of it, I played the Pokemon mini minigames, um, which remember having fun when I was played those when I was a kid. No, not as much now, but uh, they they didn't quite hold up as well. But I I did kind of a, you know appreciate that like they added that like back in the day, like they did think about that and they added. It's like in case you want to play a little something a little different, take a break from the actual battles. Here's this. Um, but yeah, it was a nice nostalgia trip. Uh, I I think it could be more fun again if I could actually like import Pokemon into that I've trained and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that, that being said, I still had fun with, you know, just kind of revisiting it, uh, Pokemon stadium in 64 emulated on the switch.
1: Did you get a Doduo or Dodrio and make them use fly? I did not. Okay. You have to do that before you stop playing it. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will it that. is the best fly animation you've ever seen. <laughs> I will do that.
0: Yeah, you're talking about having the games interact with one another, the emulated games. That was an issue I know when they put out the Metroid Prime remastered because um, Metroid, um, what is the name of it? The Game Boy Advance one. Fusion, Fusion. yeah. Uh, Originally, that and Metroid Prime uh, were released on the same day. Um, And they work together. So, like, you could unlock the Fusion suit in Metroid Prime uh, if you played both of those and you, like, connected them together and everything. And so people are like, oh, well, you're putting this out and you're going to have Metroid uh, Fusion um, emulate it here on the Switch. So maybe that'll work together. And it does not. And so... You know, the same thing with, obviously, the Pokemon games. Like, if you're going to be putting all this stuff out there, can you not have them work together?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, like, I, I get that that's some additional, like, coding work to be done, but it seems like that would go a long way to endearing fans. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
3: yeah. And I think, like, in certain instances like that, Pokemon Stadium loses so much of what made it so cool. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Yeah, yeah
0: definitely. All right, uh, anything else that's uh, been mostly it?
3: Also, like,
1: I was just really sad by how weak Charizard's moveset was, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo hadn't realized yet that Charizard was actually their favorite, not Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs>
4: um, all right, well, OJ, how about you? What have you been playing? Uh, so I've mostly just been playing Tears of the Kingdom uh, still really enjoying it but I am frustrated which is part of the enjoyment of the game I guess suppose well I'm not gonna say enjoyment of the game but it's part of the game is a frustration. Um, so here my my controller my switch is a first generation switch. And my controllers are still first-generation controllers. Do they
1: need updates? <laughs> I w- yes. Yes, they do. Uh, I got you. But, thank you. I appreciate you. Uh,
4: we don't even have to make the joke anymore. She just does it for us. <laughs> but, so here's the problem with that: is The first-generation Joy-Cons uh, didn't have a really good antenna on them. So when I'm trying to play on the TV, I'm a little bit too far away, and it drifts a little bit when I'm playing. Um and so I like to I like to play on the TV sometimes and sometimes I'll play on the switch itself. Um, plus they're just old and I do need to replace them. Um, and so that's really frustrating me because there's a lot of like stuff with the arrows. like there's a mini game where you play and you have to shoot things uh, with the arrow. There's a couple things where you have to pretty much be pretty good with your aiming and it's screwing it up when I'm trying to play it. Um, so I th- that's on my end. that's not on the game's end really by itself. Right. Um, and then, uh, so I've been through the second, um, essentially boss that is recommended in the way that you go through the game. Um, cause you can do them in any order, but the, I, I'm just following what they say. Hey, maybe you should go here next. Um, really, really loved it. That it was the, the area with them is mostly, well, uh, I don't think this is going to be too big of a spoiler. So I, I apologize. You know, that's pretty early in the game, but it's a, there's temples, there's different temples like in previous games. Right. Uh, and then so the Fire Temple is the second one that I went through, and it was mostly puzzle-based. There wasn't really that much fighting or anything, and I really, really loved that because, like, I fighting games is, is great. It's fine, but I really love, enjoy the puzzles so much more. So this the, this, the temple was much, much more a puzzle, um, really enjoyed it. Uh, it, it. It took a little bit of thinking and a little bit of working with stuff to make sure it happened. Really, really loved it. Yeah,
0: and, and that was always part of the appeal of the Zelda games mm-hmm. were the puzzles, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the combat's part of the appeal, mm-hmm. to be fair, but yeah. the the puzzles, particularly in the dungeons or mm-hmm. temples or whatever they're called, yeah. um, is really part of the appeal. There's and a reason
1: mm-hmm. that one of the iconic Zelda sounds is the "Hey, you solved the puzzle!" Yeah, <laughs> right.
0: yeah. yeah, and so uh-huh. uh, I agree with you. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> like, yeah. I, I really like that, and yeah. I think that. They um, have solved one of the big problems that a lot of people had mm-hmm. with uh, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. People were kind of disappointed by the lack of traditional, more traditional
4: style dungeons. Mm-hmm. Right, and uh, so much better. The bosses are so much better because Breath of the Wild. I was not a fan of the different uh, calamity Ganons in the in the beasts, um, and it took me like two or three days to beat them each time, and like. I enjoy having a challenge. I don't enjoy it just being kind of like a cheap challenge where you have to do everything exactly right or you fail, um. uh, and that's how Breath of the Wild was. With this, I was able to move around. I was able to to get hit a few times. I was able to do stuff my own way uh, with the first and second boss, um, and so they're both they're they're both really fantastic. I appreciate how they're bringing in other characters, um, and appreciating how. Um, that feels more like Zelda, too. And rather than just like, oh, you unlocked all these powers, now use these powers in different ways. In this one, you're unlocking specific things that help against the boss that you're fighting, right? So um, it's not just like you're un- you have all this power and you're just getting stronger. It's like you're unlocking these very specific things that help you. Um, and so it, it really feels like much more of a return to Zelda with that. And it's just so fantastic.
0: All right, cool. Is that it? Uh-huh.
4: Yeah, that's all I've been playing. Okay,
0: um, so I'm I'm still playing Zelda as well, but I did try to play a couple of new things because uh, they just released demos this mm-hmm. week. Um, so these are demos, not the full games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did play some Final Fantasy XVI, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not. I did not complete this demo because it is apparently uh, a a fairly significant portion of the beginning of the game. Uh Um, And it is, oh, my goodness, it is, all right, start the game, set and watch a movie, (laughs) move your character forward a few steps, Mm -hmm. watch a movie, move your character forward a few Mm -hmm. steps, watch a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And then eventually it does a flashback, and it teaches you the combat in the game. And Mm -hmm. I will say that the combat is... Pretty cool, Um, but it is, you know, definitely much more of a Bayonetta-style action game Mm -hmm. than it is anything that you normally associate with Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's fun, um, and I think the story is potentially compelling. It's very Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. It is very much... We're going to have this meeting where we yell at each other, and then w- these two characters are going to go out in the hall and literally have sex in the hallway, oh. uh, up against the wall, like so. Alrighty
1: then. Mm-hmm.
0: It You're is really taking that fantasy part of Final Fantasy <laughs> to the next level. It is very much like let's. This is somebody's kink. This game, <laughs> and, and we are going to fulfill all of those before this. Because it is a small woman and a giant man. Oh, okay. Like not a big man, a giant man. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, you know, there's some weird things going on in this game. So
3: did like they they just like somebody like write fan fiction for this? You know what? This could just be your Final Fantasy game, (laughs) like this Game of Thrones fan fiction, Final Fantasy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, same thing.
0: It is Game of Thrones fan fiction. Really, (laughs) is is what's going on? This is people watch Game of Thrones. Really liked Game of Thrones. We're like, what if we made a video game of Game of Thrones? We don't have the license. Screw it. We have chocobos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Um,
3: so, a giant chocobo claw reaches down from the sky and like grabs like one of Daenerys' dragons and like crushes <laughs> it. So, like,
0: having said all that, which sounds very negative, this game looks amazing. This game looks next generation mm-hmm. of any game. You know, this is one of those games that you're going to show off to people. Like, why should you own a PlayStation five? This is it visually speaking. Like this is a game that sells a PlayStation five. It looks unlike anything you've played before. Um, You know, and like, I don't want to oversell that because it's a lot of, again, movies and stuff, but it's just everything's so richly detailed. Everything, there's so much detail in the background. Like you're walking through the castle a little later and, um, you know, there are people who have set up tents and stuff and there's just like little uh, bespoke details, you know, everywhere in the background and everything. It doesn't feel generic at any point when you're walking around. And even the opening when you're kind of like running through a mountain and everything, you know, if that was any other action game, you'd be like, okay, well, this kind of looks like, um, you know, in some ways this kind of looks like an Uncharted game. I'm sliding down the side of a hill and everything like I would in an Uncharted game, but it looks really, really good while you're doing it. And the big battles, which I I think are rendered in-engine, they're not like pre-rendered, They look amazing and everything. There's a scene where you're fighting with uh, some of the summons. Mm -hmm. So, like, the big summon battles Mm -hmm. that they've advertised. And that looks amazing. You're, like, flying through a cave and battling Mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. So, this looks like the $250 million Marvel movie, Mm -hmm. like, production value-wise. Like, it's all top tier and everything. What I have read about it is that it is very slow to get going and that once you get past a certain point, you get more opened up gameplay mm-hmm. and then the game really shines when you get to that. I am not to that point yet, so I don't want to like judge the game too harshly mm-hmm. based on. I will say that watching all the Game of Thrones stuff, I was like, I don't care. I don't know who these <laughs> characters are. Mm-hmm. Like, This is not that interesting to me. Maybe it will get to that point. Mm-hmm. And I did read some people online who were like, "Oh, I love this story. I'm really into the story." Mm-hmm. That was not me, um, but I, I do think it has the potential to be a really amazing game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just very much a a very different style of Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. So, like, do mm-hmm. not go into it expecting the Final Fantasy of old. This is mm-hmm. they have turned the page. It's very clear mm-hmm. they're never going back to those old style games. Mm-hmm. Um, not with the mainline series at yeah. least, right? Yeah. Like, um, but it looks really good, and you know, like it may be a game worth playing just because there's no other game that looks like this, mm-hmm. right? Is you know, I know a lot of people who went to see Avatar: Way of Water not because they really love the first Avatar film, but they were like, "Hey, I'm never going to see a movie this big budget again in mm-hmm. the theater." And, you know, they spent $400 million making this movie. I want to see what a $400 million movie <laughs> <laughs> looks like. Yeah. And that's kind of what this game is, you know, what does a, I don't know how much they've spent on this, but, you know, I would guess somewhere north of 150000000 million they've mm-hmm. spent developing this game. Yeah. Um, so it, it's cool. Um, and I, I d- I'm compelled enough I want to play more of it. So mm-hmm. I will finish okay. out that demo most likely.
3: It'll be even cooler, like, when you can get, like, that, DLC where you download Peter Dinklage and he becomes a character in your party. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it would be cool if they had got him to do a voice for one of the characters in this. <laughs>
3: or just have him play as well. Hi, I'm Game of Thrones and TV's Peter Dinklage. <laughs> right. Joining your party.
4: Well, they already have him for that for Destiny. So <laughs> I guess they,
0: <laughs> they need something new for him. I'm,
4: um, I'm excited. I'm going to go through it this weekend. I just I wanted to have time to just sit and play it without having to break.
0: Yeah. Um, and that's probably a better way because I don't feel like I got the full experience. Maybe. <laughs> um, so the other game that I played, and again, this is a demo. Uh, this is a game called I don't know how to pronounce this. Jusant.
1: That would jusant? be my guess. It, Jusant.
0: It's a French word, I know. So jusant, jusant. maybe. Jusant. Um, so, anyways, this got shown off at uh, the Xbox Showcase, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But this is a climbing game and it is very much a climbing game you are not doing anything else so far of what i've played it is just you climbing the side of a mountain basically um and that doesn't sound all that interesting at first particularly if you're sort of thinking of it as a assassin's creed or uncharted way but this is much more of an active climbing so you are actually having to Uh, control your hands and where you're placing them and which like sort of ledge are you grabbing onto? And then you are having to. um,
1: Do you have the proper equipment in case you fall?
4: You do.
0: (laughs) You actually have to place the, um, what are they called? Um, You have to place the like sticks into the rock and everything so that um, if you get far enough, you're going to fall. But also when you do that, you can like let out some of the rope and then use that to swing So you're having to figure out, like, I'm going to place this here and then use it to swing over to this other part and grab hold of a ledge. So it ends up, you know, again, it's very early. I'm pretty sure just the first part of the game, like, at the end of this spoiler, you uh, activate something and it lights up one of five lights around a bigger light. So I'm guessing maybe this is the first sixth of the game or something but like i don't really have a clue for how much of the game it is um, and it's pretty fun the thing i'll say is the way that you interact with the story and there is a story going on in the background is by reading pages of diaries and i think even just something small like having voice acting for those would have really made this more engaging as it is I was reading them and I thought it was interesting enough because they're kind of explaining this entire culture where these people live on this mountain and like how they have to like build new pathways for them to get around from one area to the other. Um, But I could see myself getting to a point in this game where I just don't care anymore about the story Mm -hmm. and like, okay, I just want to climb to the next area. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to read this. So I think a way of making that more engaging Uh, would have made it more interesting for me. Um, It does have the problem. It does telegraph generally fairly well. And so, like, if you look on the walls, there will be, like, scrapes on the wall where somebody has swung. Mm -hmm. And so, like, it's a sign for you, like, oh, look, this is where somebody's feet have been running along the side Mm -hmm. of the mountain here. Mm -hmm. So, like, you need to, like, swing at this point Mm -hmm. as sort of a tip-off. But it has that same problem that any sort of climbing game does, which is, okay, where do I go next? and this game
1: it it ain't about how fast you get there it ain't about what's waiting on the other side it's the climb
0: (laughs) yes thank you miley (laughs)
1: Um,
0: (laughs) so you know i I think it could run into that problem of just getting to a point where you get frustrated enough because like where do i go next where what am i supposed to do next it's fairly linear so far as, like, there is a certain path you were to follow and go through this. Um, but I think it it could be really interesting as it opens up more and everything. Um, you know, there, there seems to be something more fantastical going on um, by the end of the demo. So, like, maybe it gets much more interesting and everything. That is coming to Game Pass, I'm pretty sure. So I will... I'll probably play through it. Even if I skip all the story sections, I'll probably end up playing through that game because I did enjoy what i played so far. Um, All right. Well, let's jump right into the news. And there's a lot of news. Um, So we had uh, three more big game showcases and some smaller showcases as well. We're going to hit the big ones and try to pick up some of the smaller news and everything. So the big thing was the Xbox showcase. And as we talked about the other day on the last episode, you know, Xbox really needed a good showing out of this. And I think it really sort of depends on who you ask, whether they (laughs) had that good showing or not. Yeah. Um, So they started off the big reveal of the first we've seen anything of their new Fable reboot. Um, And this didn't show any specific gameplay I mean I think some people thought maybe the parts where it showed your little character running from the giant Richard mm-hmm. Ioday um, might have been mm-hmm. gameplay I don't think it is I think that's pre-rendered Yeah. Um, but it certainly set the tone for the game of having this like quirky British humor and everything mm-hmm. the original Fable games had that but this is a different style of sort of quirky British humor <laughs> Um, so it did a good job with that. I think it's the game that I saw at that show that was maybe most exciting for me. Like if they're going to like really try and nail that humor and everything with this role-playing adventure game, that could be really exciting. Um, I don't know how anybody else felt about that trailer or
4: saw that trailer. So I, uh, again, I, I'm excited if they can c- capture what they had in this trailer in the game. But again, I didn't see gameplay footage, so I don't know if it's going to be like that or if there's just going to be a, a, a quirky movie here or there that deals with it. Yeah, so that's a recurring problem yeah. with the yeah. Xbox Showcase. Yes. Lots
0: of pretty CG trailers, not mm-hmm. a whole lot of gameplay. Yep. So they also showed off uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. You know, they had a wild mm-hmm. Keanu appear as part of the show. <laughs> Um, so this, they showed off the expansion called Phantom Liberty. This is the one that uh, Idris Elba is going to also be in along with Keanu. Um, and I think the n- most interesting part of this is that what actually came out after the show, which is that people said this basically is an overhaul of the entire game. Yes, it's DLC, it's additional story content, but they're going back and reworking the sis- all sorts of different systems yeah. in the game. Um, so this seems to be like the 2.0 version yeah. of that game that, you know, if you remember launched very broken and not yeah. quite the game that people wanted it to be.
1: Not quite the game. People wanted it to be it's a very <laughs> game diplomatic,
0: <laughs> very
1: diplomatic way to yeah. put that.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it, people who uh, people who were, you know, kind of talking to them at the show and everything as part of summer game fest sounded very excited based on a lot of the stuff that they revealed for this, um, I still haven't played Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm. Like, it launching Broken just made me say, I'll play it eventually someday. Yep. That someday hasn't come. Maybe this will be what finally convinces <laughs> me.
1: See, if you don't get a Heimdall costume for Idris Elba or you don't get a dog for Keanu, like, is, <laughs> is there a point? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, if, if,
4: if this is going to finally be the game they promised, then I'll buy it, but otherwise like uh, but i'm still gonna wait for other people to play it and say i'm not gonna buy this as soon as the dlc comes out
0: yeah i think this is a really good example of a company hurting their image cd project red had this very you know esteemed image they were viewed as you know one of the top five developers Mm -hmm. in games and this game has really tarnished that image quite Mm -hmm. a bit um for a lot of people, I, th- I think. And mm-hmm. so maybe this is their redemption. I hope so. Uh, but I'm sort of like you, OJ. I'm mm-hmm. not holding my breath. Yep. Uh, they showed off Avowed. So they actually did show off uh, gameplay for Avowed. What I guess I assume was gameplay of Avowed. <laughs> so Avowed is their, um, It's a new role-playing game. Um, the thing I'll, I'll say based on what they showed is i don't know what the hook for this game is it it's sort of watching it it looked like okay well this is another sort of you know elder scrolls clone mm-hmm. um and nothing about it particularly stood out to me that doesn't make it bad it looked nice and everything but like nothing about it particularly stuck out to me so um you know ho- hopefully they can sell what that game is better as we go forward. Uh, they announced a new Xbox Series S in black with a one terabyte hard drive. That's cool, I guess, because that is the digital only system. So you can't play discs, So you need a big hard drive in there.
1: Uh, See, as a non-Xbox person, what color was the Series S and Series X beforehand? If it's a big deal that this one's black.
0: <laughs> so the S was white and oh, the X, Okay. excuse me, the X was black. Okay. okay. Um,
1: so I'm like, I just picture the 360. <laughs> I'm like, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't care what color consoles are. <laughs>
1: I just think it, I, it's, it's the, surely the fact that it was noted. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I was like, wait, what? It's got to be polka dot or no deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, they made a big deal in the little teaser that they showed. They were like, oh, it's back in black. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't get the rights to the song. I was saying, if you <laughs> don't play
1: the song, you can't say that. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, but there are people who I know, who will not buy a console unless it's in black. They refuse. Um, And I I just don't care because it goes under my TV and I never look at it for (laughs) the most part. But there are people that matters something to. I Mm -hmm. think the bigger deal is the terabyte hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But they are raising the price by $50. Mm -hmm. So they're not replacing the 500 gig Mm -hmm. system they're adding this into the mix, which to me seems like a problem. Like if you're going to do this, just replace that one. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Put out this one terabyte system. Yeah. And I, I I'm considering it because I, I, have, I haven't had an Xbox since the 360, mm-hmm. uh, but with Game Pass and a lot of the, a couple of the games I'm really, I really liked that I saw here. Uh, and there's a couple of games that I just haven't played yet that I can play on Game Pass. So like um i i was looking at this and i was like a terabyte is a good size where i can get a lot of games and don't have to worry too much about it
0: uh, yeah i think um i think this is a this is a good option this yeah. is a better option than the original s mm-hmm. because of the 1 terabyte hard drive yeah. um i think with game pass where you're downloading all the games digitally anyway mm-hmm. like then it doesn't matter that you there's no disc drive yeah um, so I think there is a market for this. I just still think they should have put this out at 300 yeah. instead of 350 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed off Starfield. Um, so they showed off a brief trailer as part of their main show, and then after the show they had an additional, like, 30-minute show just focused on Starfield. Um, Starfield looks amazing. Um, Starfield is from Bethesda, so this is the Skyrim people. This is their, like, new game. They're finally making a new game. It is Starfield. It is a space exploration game. They referred to it as NASA Punk <laughs> uh, because they said we want it to look like this is all could actually be built, right? Like this is not fantastical fantasy stuff like our Star Wars. This it's like is like hard science fiction. Yeah, to some degree. Like, like what. Where would we go if we, you know, where do we think we realistically could be, say, 100 years from now, mm-hmm. right? Like, building uh, space-faring ships and everything. Um, and so it has that sort of slightly grounded look to it. This game looks like uh, No Man's Sky meets Skyrim. And I think maybe that's the best way to explain it, meets Halo. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the best way to explain the game if you haven't watched it and everything. So uh, they said there's going to be like a thousand planets. Uh, not all of those will have stuff on it, but some of them will. They'll have different like bases and installations. They showed character custom customization. So like you can make your character super strong so you can walk, walk up and like punch somebody to kill them instead of using a weapon. Or you can uh, upgrade a jet pack so you can fly over them and shoot them from above. So there were different ways to, like, kind of approach elements based on how you want to customize your character. You can build your own starship, and then you staff it with a crew. Um, and, you know, it just it looks like a pretty cool game if that game is what they say it's going to be. I mean, I think we sort of know what that game is going to be. It's going to be Skyrim in space. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think the big question is, okay, is there interesting stuff to do going – between different planets right or am i really going between like 10 planets and there's another you know 990 planets out there that i'm just mostly ignoring um and you know it how broken is this going to be bethesda games are always broken at launch mm-hmm. um they build in all these like cool systems and everything you know that's the fun of Skyrim, you can go anywhere, you can do anything, you can go whichever path, you can be sort of villainous, or you can be, you know, the super altruistic good guy. That leads to lots of bugs, which have made a lot of people not like those games. I think what is interesting about this is how m- they're not going to get rid of all that, but how unbroken can this game launch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. um, and the scope of it makes it seem like that's going to be more difficult. Mm-hmm. right? Um, but what they showed off looked really good, mm-hmm. looked really impressive. A whole lot of fun to you know potentially play, and that is their big game for this year. Um, they showed off a game called South of Midnight. This was another pre-rendered trailer. Okay. Um, you played as a female character with a giant sort of skeleton man who had possums crawling around mm-hmm. inside his pants and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> It's not as dirty as it sounds, and I don't know how that's possible. <laughs> oh
4: my god! So I was actually really excited, even though it was a very small trailer. Uh, I I looked at it; just looked amazing. It looked like something I want to play uh, as a young black woman with. Uh, it seems like some type of magical powers or superpowers or something. Mm-hmm. And like I can't even really think of. I I can't think of five black women I played in games over my entire life, than then having like a, a superhero or a magical black woman. Um, like main character just is amazing to me. And then it looked amazing that the interaction between her and the skeleton, I thought it was a tree and not a skeleton, but I I can see skeleton now too. Um, and so I think that, that w- it, w- it was just amazing. I'm really excited for this game. Um, I'm hoping that it's good because I don't know anything about the gameplay at all. I don't know what kind of game it is, but just this trailer made me excited.
0: Yeah. So there was the square game that got released this year. on PlayStation I began with an F. What was that? Um, but that featured uh, a, a black female protagonist, right? Yeah. That was the sort of uh kid in King Arthur's court, mm-hmm. like sort of transporting you to this fantasy world. Uh, but yeah, that is something unique about it. It also had the sort of animate, the trailer had a sort of um spider verse animation yeah. style to mm-hmm. it, right? Mm, yeah, um, and so yeah, it, it looked interesting, just the style mm-hmm. of it, yeah. right? Looked cool. I don't know what the game is. Yeah. Because <laughs> they didn't even like hint at what kind of game it was. Is right. this a role playing game? Is mm-hmm. this an action game? Yeah. At the end, she does a little bit of magic. Uh-huh. But I don't know what that, yeah. in what fashion that's going to be. Right. right? Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly it looked cool uh, mm-hmm. from the trailer and everything. Yeah. Uh, they showed off Forza Motorsport. This is the reboot of the Forza Motorsport franchise. So they're going back to no number for it. Um, this is what you think it is it's a racing game yeah. and you know the cars look really realistic the tires are really round uh, <laughs> you can't see the polygons anymore so I mean, that's that's cool <laughs>
3: um these
0: these games aren't made for me i you know i like the the for, uh, forza horizons games mm-hmm. those are more arcade um this is the more sims uh focused franchise so cool for the people that it's for uh, did somebody die over there on the other side of the table?
1: No, no the, I, I accidentally kicked the table front of the
0: thing. Um, let's see. They show off Clockwork Revolution. This is the game that looks like it's Bioshock Infinite 2. Mm-hmm. It is not Bioshock Infinite 2. <laughs> but it's the sort of steampunk uh, game where you are apparently traveling in time and changing the future by like what you do in the past. Uh, but it has that Bioshock Infinite look. If you yep. want it more of that sort of steampunk, turn-of-the-century look, this is
4: definitely it. Yeah, I got my eye on it. Uh, I don't know how it'll play, but I have my eye on it because it looks kind of cool.
1: I feel like that's the constant theme of this.
4: <laughs> <place>. <laughs> yeah,
1: I don't know how it's going to play, but it looks cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like we said, these yeah. are pre-rendered trailers. I'll say
1: like, if it's, all, if it's no, almost no gameplay, it's all... Yeah. CG is like... Mm.
0: Yeah, you're going off a of style more than anything, right? Um, they did show off a game called 33 Immortals. Mm-hmm. So this is played from an overhead perspective. You can play 33-player co-op, hence mm-hmm. the name. This looked sort of like uh, Diablo Battle Royale mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> um, so it looked like sort of Diablo, say, I guess 3. Um mm-hmm. But like played from this overhead perspective and you are playing with, you know, 32 other players at the same Mm -hmm. time. So you have.
1: In the end, there can be only one. Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They could not get the Highlander uh, (laughs) license, that very valuable license. (laughs) And so they had to come up with a different name. But like it showed like uh, meteors coming down and like crashing and the different characters all running across the screen Mm -hmm. trying to avoid this at the same time. It looked neat. And it looked like something different, right? Mm -hmm. And they actually showed off what looked like real gameplay. Yeah. So that's cool. That puts it above a lot of these other
4: games just right there. Yeah, at at first when I saw it, I thought it was going to be kind of like a co-op vampire survivors because of the stuff going around people. Sure. Yeah, but then eventually I was like, oh, wait, no, this is a little more like Diablo. Um, So, yeah, but I I think it looks cool. I I have my eye on it. It's something I might want to play. Um, They showed off Payday 3.
0: This is something that we've known was coming. They announced a release date. I think the release date was for sometime in September. Uh, So we didn't have a release date previous to this. You know, this is more Payday. Uh, This isn't the most flashy-looking game, but I imagine that's because Payday 2 is wildly popular and still thousands of people playing it online every day. So they probably want to have the, um, the specifications for this game pretty low so it can run Mm -hmm. on just about anything. Um, But it's another payday game. It is you pulling off bank heist and different things uh, with other players co-op online. Uh, They show off a remake of persona three called persona three reload.
4: If you like persona, this is for you. Mm -hmm. Not my bag, but (laughs) so here's the thing is after I saw persona four, I wanted to play some of the earlier ones and they're very hard to play they I mean, they're they're not difficult. They're just it's hard to go back and play those. So they're this archaic, is, yeah. They're, and there's something I may want to like. This is something I may want to check out because I never played Persona Three because it was on PS2 and it was just not not fun to play. Right.
1: I saw on Twitter someone was like, "We're we're always getting three, four, and five. When will they come back to one and 2? <laughs>
4: That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> about five though. is like like, uh, sorry, we're moving on to the next no, one. no, go ahead. Persona five tactic. I don't need another persona five game. Like I, I'm not that big of a fan of persona five, any of them really. So like, just make persona six. It's okay. We'll see yeah, if we like was, that one. It was persona four. You liked, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Persona four is actually like widely beloved. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think that's oh. the most loved of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the reason we don't get Persona 1 and 2, my understanding is that when you go back to those games, the systems and the design of those games is so archaic yeah. compared yeah. to modern Persona mm-hmm. games. So it would No, be, and I think
1: that's people were wanting them to go back and remake them. Yeah. Right. Or like give them mm-hmm. some love in any form. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I just think my understanding is that would be a larger undertaking mm-hmm. of a remake mm-hmm. versus 3, which is more kind of in line already you know, yeah. with the modern games, with 4 and 5. Um, but, yeah, so, OJ, you mentioned Persona 4 Tactica, uh-huh. which is a tactical strategy game mm-hmm. using the Persona 5 world mm-hmm. and characters. Yeah. I mean, this is a very sort of square move yeah. to me. Uh-huh. Like, we're going to make Final Fantasy fifteen, and then we're going to make, like, six spinoffs of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it... it it feels, it's weird to think about each sequel is going to be an IP unto itself.
4: Yeah.
0: Right? Like, mm-hmm. we're they're not doing more Persona games. So they're not doing more Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. They're doing more Persona 5 games. Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: yeah. The Which, Persona 5 extended universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Yeah.
0: That's exactly it, right? And, like, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy got into doing that with, like, you know 102 mm-hmm. and yeah 7 you know,
1: has its whole own universe yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah and um i guess it has been successful financially for square mm-hmm. and so i can't blame atlas for doing this with persona but yeah i think the problem is if you have people who are fans of persona mm-hmm. and they play 5 and they're like okay well you know that i either i like that or i didn't like it they may not want to go play 5 different spin-offs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right um so I imagine the main Persona team that's working on 6 is probably working on that. This is mm-hmm. probably different teams that they're bringing yeah. in to make these games. Um, let's see. They showed off... So this looked pretty neat. They showed yeah. off Sea of Thieves, The Legend of Monkey Island. So this is another expansion to Sea of Thieves. This is free if you're already playing uh, Sea of Thieves. Uh, but this is working in some of the Monkey Island. They showed off the... Uh, the island itself, Mm -hmm. they showed off um, uh, Guybrush, they showed off, uh, you know, the bar and everything. Mm -hmm. This seems like a very smart, uh, I guess, like crossover to have here. Mm -hmm. You have Sea of Thieves, which is this multiplayer uh, pirate game. What's the most famous pirate video game? Well, the legend of, you know, The Secret of Monkey Mm -hmm. Island. So this seems smart to bring that in there.
4: And they got the original voice actor for Guybrush. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Um, And I think it'll be interesting to see with that, just like, you know, I haven't played much of Sea of Thieves. I played a little bit of it when it first launched, but I haven't played any of it since then. How big of an audience is that going to bring in Mm -hmm. to that game? This actually makes me want to go back and play it now, uh, just because of the Monkey Island stuff. But, you know, when it first launched, the problem was there just wasn't a whole lot to do Mm -hmm. in the game. So the fact that they've been working on this now for years, adding content, makes that more interesting for me to Mm -hmm. go back to. Mm -hmm. Um, They announced, this was kind of a surprise. They start showing Microsoft Flight Simulator. And they started by, like, just showing all these new things that you can do. So they had hot air balloons, and they had uh, plane racing, and they had gliders, and they had, um, like, you doing construction using like helicopters and everything. <laughs> yeah. And so they kept showing off all these new features they were adding. And it was like, this seems like an insane expansion to the Microsoft <laughs> flight simulator. And then at the end they're like, all right, it's Microsoft flight simulator 2024. <laughs> so it's a whole new game. Uh, this seems cool. Like the, for the people who are really into flight simulator, this is, there's not a whole lot more to do graphically to upgrade that game, that game still looks amazing. Mm -hmm. So adding in all these different ways that you can interact with aircraft seem really, really cool. Um, You know, there are people who are really into this. There are people who go out and buy the flight stick and the pedals and, you know, Mm -hmm. everything else. And so I assume they are eating this up. Um, And that's cool that Microsoft is making those sorts of games, like these very like niche games Mm -hmm. that fit for an audience. Uh, they show off some more of Hellblade 2's uh, content. I don't know. This is either going to appeal to you or not, uh, probably depending if you like the first Hellblade or not. Um, that is a game very much about um, mental health, and so I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see can they continue that forward in the sequel and do interesting things with it that are mm-hmm. also in good taste. mm mm-hmm. Um, they show off a trailer for Like a Dragon: Infinite Wealth. This is the new Like a Dragon game. Um, very uh, cheeky <laughs> trailer, like straight out of was it Austin awesome Powers Two, where it begins with uh, him nude and people keep moving things in front of him so you yeah. never see him.
4: Uh, that's the way this trailer is. So I wasn't interested in these games, but I thought that this trailer was really funny because you know he's just he wakes up on a beach naked. And he doesn't speak the language of everybody else. And he doesn't know why everyone's freaking out at him because they're all talking in English. Uh, and he doesn't – it appeared that he didn't speak English. And so he's trying to figure out what happened. And then <laughs> that's just – everything is just slightly covering his junk until he realizes that that he's naked. Emperor's <laughs> new clothes moment. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's on a beach in Hawaii apparently. Mm. Um, so that looks cool. Yeah. Um, couple other games, Tireborn, uh, Wakes the Deep. Um, yeah, we didn't get a whole lot of either of those games. Um, we did see quite a bit of gameplay of Dungeons of Hinterburg*. Mm-hmm. This game looked pretty cool to me. Uh, it looked like a small kind of indie style game, but lots of different sort of uh, interactions that showed you like kind of snowboarding at mm-hmm. one point, riding a rail car at one point. So that looked pretty cool. And then uh, Jusant, or, yeah, Jusant. Jusant. <laughs> As we talked about earlier. So those were the main big announcements out of the Xbox Showcase.
4: There, there's one that you missed here. <laughs> okay. That I saw. And so the name is escaping me right now. But it's a joke version of the, or a satirical version of the game where your uh, weapon talks. Oh, the,
1: high on life? Uh, high li- yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah. High on life. Yeah, high on life. And it's, it's. Uh, it was a high on something. I can't remember exactly what it was called. Sorry, but well, they did but announce DLC for that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And the DLC is apparently you're a, a sword who is a serial killer now. Apparently, oh. uh, let me find out what the name was the name was a pun.
1: High on knife.
4: High on knife. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, you're a serial killer knife in this DLC, and they said it's a tongue and sheep satirical DLC. So I thought. I, I don't. I, I'm not going to play the game, but I thought that that was funny. But <laughs> I I am, I am here for puns. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: So overall, you know, is mm-hmm. the the games that were shown look kind of interesting, but the problem is there's not gameplay. Yeah. So what is Fable? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I sort of know based on the original Fable games. Mm-hmm. What is Avowed? Well, I think it's a skyrim clone uh-huh. um what is south of midnight well has mm-hmm. a cool trailer and a mm-hmm. cool visual style but i don't know what that game actually mm-hmm. is yeah. um you know what is clockwork revolution well it's not uh bioshock infinite 2 <laughs> that's about all that yeah. we know mm-hmm. um so i think that's the big problem for xbox you know and most of these games were 2024 so Mm -hmm. 2024 sounds really exciting. 2023 is basically... uh, I'm bored.
4: (laughs) What? I'm bored.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's Starfield and it is, uh, you know, Forza. uh, Mm -hmm. And so, like, I think the problem for Xbox is if they're trying to convince people to buy an Xbox today, Mm -hmm. I would have a hard time recommending somebody buy an Xbox today. Mm Right? Right. And until Starfield comes out, maybe then if that game is as amazing as it looks and everything, mm-hmm. but it's sort of the situation where I'd be like, well, wait until after Christmas, and you can probably get one on sale at a really good deal, um, because the games that you're really want going to want to play are coming out in 2024, mm-hmm. for the most part.
4: And also the the ones that I'm really interested in are going to be on PC too. So I don't know, if, right? Like, I don't know if it'd be worth it to get Xbox for this. Right, if you don't have a gaming PC, maybe so. Mm
0: -hmm. But if you have a gaming PC, you know, all of Xbox's games come to PC Mm -hmm. now. So, again, it's hard to justify the purchase of both. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. So we also want to talk about the Ubisoft uh, show. The biggest thing that came out of that was Star Wars Outlaws. Uh, They actually showed a trailer for this at the Xbox showcase, and then they actually showed gameplay of it at the ubisoft forward so good on ubisoft actually showing the game actually being played Mm -hmm. um this is a very sort of you're playing as a female character but it is very much the han solo game you always want it she is very much in the style of han solo even doing the like quick draw uh with her blaster which is like straight out of she shot first yeah (laughs) straight out of han shot first Mm -hmm. um it it looked pretty cool Like, I mean, you know, as a Star Wars game, if you want to play a new Star Wars game, this looks like a really fun, exciting Star Wars game. Um, Even showing you, like, running around the city and fighting and everything, but then getting into your ship, flying into outer space, and then, like, you know, engaging in combat in outer space. Um, This looks like a really fun, exciting uh, game. They say that's coming next year. So, again... Another one to kind of look forward to. They showed off some gameplay of Assassin's Creed Mirage. We talked about this last episode because they showed a little bit of it. Uh, This is the new Assassin's Creed game that is like the old Assassin's Creed Mm -hmm. game. So think Assassin's Creed 2 more than the more recent ones set in Mm -hmm. Egypt and everything. Uh, They announced that Skull and Bones is going to get a closed beta test this fall. And then theoretically someday will actually come out. I don't believe it.
1: (laughs) Don't hold your breath.
0: Um, They showed off Assassin's Creed Nexus VR, which is their Assassin's Creed VR game. This is the game that's going to get somebody killed. (laughs) Because in the trailer for this game, they show people like jumping off of stuff and like leaping and like stabbing people and everything. And I'm just thinking, how do you replicate this in VR? (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, The way that they're showing it is not going to be translate one-to-one to to VR. Mm -hmm. And so it looks pretty cool when they're showing it. Some
1: some dumb 12-year-old or some drunk, age-unstated person (laughs) (laughs) is going to be like, watch this.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, anybody who's played VR, VR is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, unless you have a... Shoot,
1: I, I almost tripped over a chair playing Beat Saber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah.
0: <laughs> you have to have a big open space mm-hmm. to play VR. And if any sort of thing where it has you jumping around and doing the sort of things you do in a Assassin's Creed game, it's hard to imagine how mm-hmm. that's going to translate. Yeah. And be fun in any way. So I, I guess we'll see with that. Mm-hmm. I think people are going to end up with some broken bones. Uh, they showed off a new Netflix series called Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon Remix. I have no idea what this show is. <laughs> it is
1: The name just makes me think of Silverhawks. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think it's that.
0: <laughs> it is somehow based around uh, the Far Cry Blood Dragon. What was it Far Cry 3 that had the Blood Dragon expansion? But it doesn't look anything like Far Cry, so I don't know what this game actually is. <laughs> Um, let's see, they showed off Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. This is Far Cry with an Avatar paint job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So instead of normal bases and everything, you are playing as one of the, um, the Avatar characters, the, what what are they?
3: The Navi? Yeah, the the Navi. The the blue skin people. (laughs) I'm surprised to remember that.
4: Uh, I, I think I read something about this is an extension of the movies, too, and it counts as, like, canon and part of the movies.
0: Yeah, so I think it's taking place at the same time that the second film takes place. Mm-hmm. You're not playing as the film characters. Um, and it looked really pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks an awful lot like a Far Cry game. Mm-hmm. You're freeing up bases and everything and, um, you know, decide if you're going in guns blazing or playing more stealthy and everything. You're playing it from a first person perspective. It looks cool. I mean, but it's kind of hard to tell. You know, it looks like if you hate the Far Cry games, this isn't probably going to win you over. Mm -hmm. But if you love those games, this looks like at least something slightly different with those games. Um, And the thing that really stole the show for Ubisoft was Prince of Persia The Lost Crown. So I think, again, this was something that was shown off at the PlayStation show or maybe. Summer Games Fest show. So we talked about this last episode. This is a 2D side-scrolling Prince of Persia game, but it is apparently a Metroidvania with like an open map that you're exploring. And the word from multiple people that were there and got to play the game is that this game is amazing and that it plays amazing and that – What you saw in the extended gameplay that they showed at Ubisoft that they didn't show at Summer Games Fest show is just how quickly your character is moving around. So, like, you're fighting bosses, but, like, you're dodging and parrying those bosses uh, super fast all the time. You know, I think I originally said the trailer had segments that looked like they are out of Celeste or Super Meat Boy. Apparently that is just how the game plays. Okay. So think of a um, a Metroidvania set in the Prince of Persia world that plays like Celeste or Super Meat Boy. Um, And that seems to be what this game is. That looks really cool. Um, Let's see. Uh, Last big show here to talk about real quick, and this one did not have much to show, was the Capcom Showcase. They show off some more footage of Dragon's Dogma 2. They showed off a little bit of Pragmata, which is a game, I guess, that had been previously announced. I don't remember this game being previously announced. But they showcased this, and then at the end said, our apologies, this game is going to take longer to deliver than we planned. We're sorry. Oh, <laughs> It was like, I, who are you apologizing to? <laughs> like
3: that one person out there that was waiting.
0: <laughs> yeah, that one person who knows what Pragmata was <laughs> before this. Um, Ryan, I did think of you because they mm-hmm. announced uh, the Apollo Justice Ace Attorney trilogy. That I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to. So this is the fourth, fifth, and sixth game in the Ace Attorney series. They're packaging mm-hmm. those together. They're redoing the graphics and everything like they have previously done. Um, so that's pretty cool to see that they're those games must be selling well. Mm-hmm. That they're putting out a whole new collection of those. Um, they talked about Path of the Goddess, and showed off some more footage of that, which seems to be a uh, third-person action game um, set in medieval Japan, I guess, uh, with some fantastical elements. So there were like gateways that were being opened up and closed, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really that was really like the big things that were shown off at the mm-hmm. shows. Well, we didn't talk about every single thing. There's a ton more, mm-hmm. um, you know,
4: DLC and different things that got announced. So those were the big announcements. So one thing I wanted to say about Dragon's Dogma 4 is they talked about it a little more, and they said the world is going to be four times the size of Dragon's Dogma. Now, Dragon's Dogma was huge. There was a very, very large area, and the part that this worries me about is that fast travel was really difficult. Like you had to buy one item that would break every time you do it, and there's only limited locations where you could do it. Um, and then, like, so I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom now, and anytime you get a shrine, you can teleport there. I love that, and I'm used to that now. So, like, I'm hoping that they fix the fast travel a little bit more from from Dragon's Dogma.
0: Yeah, it's the concern I think with a lot of games when they announce, "Oh, this game is going to be a bigger world." Mm-hmm. Is well, is there going to be anything interesting to do in that world? Yeah. yeah. Um. So they, you know, Spider Man, they've come out and said, "Well, the world in Spider Man Two is going to be twice as big as Spider mm-hmm. the original Spider Man." Okay. Is there anything interesting to do? Mm -hmm. Because it's really fun to swing through that city, Mm -hmm. but if there's nothing to do for large stretches of it, Mm -hmm. then... Is it bigger just to add space, or is it actually
1: bigger for plot reasons? Yeah.
0: Yeah, Most games, I'd rather be denser Mm -hmm. than bigger. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Agreed.
4: More stuff to do Mm -hmm. in them. Right. Right and And they did answer a question that we had last week too um about the bridge mm-hmm. and the physics, so now you can choose to break the bridge to hurt to fight the enemy or not break it, right and a lot there's a lot of physics in the game where you can choose to use the physics around to help with. so I think that's really interesting. I'm glad that it's like that, and it's not just like a pre-recorded bridge break right.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds really cool.
4: Um, that was the coolest part of that original trailer. yeah to me yeah. at
0: mm-hmm. least I was like, oh, if they're mm-hmm. doing that, that's really cool. yeah. Um. All right. We do have a few other items that came out. You know, Obviously, most of the video game industry was in Southern California and the L.A. area uh, for all these different shows, so we do have some more news that has come out. Uh, Todd Hard has confirmed that the Elder Scrolls Skyrim has sold over 60 million copies. I think this is particularly interesting because it was just, I think on I'll last say. week's show, <laughs> we were talking about The Witcher 3 had sold over 50 million.
1: This feels very much like the snobby neighbor who comes in and is like, you just got a 2023 car? Well, I got a 2024 car. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the thing that is really
0: interesting to me about this is that it's only a 10 million copy difference there, mm-hmm. right? Like, the difference is 50 and 60 million. Like, Skyrim, I feel like, first, it's been re- released mm-hmm. and re-released, like, 10 times. I would say yeah.
1: I remember people talking about Skyrim when I was in sixth grade. (laughs) Oh man, you're going to make me feel old. (laughs) I know. Um, (laughs) But it's like, like you said, it's, it's just been released and it's been out for so long and it's been re-released and dang. And I feel like it's the, Witcher 3 is that close.
0: And I feel like it's the game at this point, everyone owns a copy of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Like everyone owns a copy of that somewhere. And you know, and it seems weird that the Witcher is that close. Um, you know, if you told me The Witcher was at fifty million copies and Skyrim was at a hundred million copies, mm-hmm. I'd believe you.
2: Yeah,
0: right. But like to think that they're that close. And I think again, going back, that really says a lot about that television show. Yeah, how many copies of The Witcher Three got moved because of the Netflix series? Um, and I think that has to be a significant pusher of the success of that game. Yeah, to be that like close I said, to Sky- Skyrim.
1: Like I said, Skyrim I've been hearing about for. Ten plus years, Witcher I had never heard of until the Netflix show.
0: Yeah, I, I think you weren't alone in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways, good for you know, good for both of those franchises. Um, let's see, Capcom has they had their 40th anniversary on June 11th, and as part of that, they launched a new website that has uh, some playable games on it. I think there are currently six playable games on there, including Final Fight. Um, you know, which is a game that holds a special place in my heart um, because I remember spending a lot of time and money playing that game in the arcade. So you can go play that uh, on Capcom's website now. Um, (laughs) This next one, I just think is amazing. (laughs) This just made me giggle. (laughs) Uh, McDonald's is celebrating Grimace's birthday. So you've probably seen ads for this where they have a Grimace milkshake, which is purple. Um, And you can get that part of a special meal with a cheeseburger or chicken McNuggets. But the thing that's really cool for our sake is that they have released a Grimace's birthday game and you can play that game on a web browser. Uh, You can play it on your phone actually, which is how I played it. Uh, But it is also a, a, a full game boy ROM. So you can actually download this ROM and, You can put it onto an actual Game Boy hardware and play this game, and it will run and play on an actual Game Boy.
1: That just makes me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it feels very much like it's, like putting it on Game Boy rather than putting it on, you know, Switch or anything. Mm -hmm. It it feels like it's a love letter to all of us who grew up with, you know, the McDonald's Play Place and Mm -hmm. all that, like... I, lo- I love that it's on Game Boy. <laughs> I-,
3: I will say, though, Grimace's birthday does sound like creepypasta ish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. I'm like, do children today know Grimace? <laughs> <laughs> do they want to? Well,
0: I mean,. I, I don't think they care. I think you're right, Alicia. They are going for a very particular audience. Mm-hmm. They're going for 90s kids, right? Yeah. And putting it on the Game Boy is specifically going for that target demographic. Yeah.
1: Um, oh, yeah. It's absolutely a nostalgia play, and I'm here for it.
4: <laughs> and I think that McDonald's is really losing out by not having people, like, greet people in the drive-thru with, Hi, are you craving my McNuggies? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: oh, Jay. But, uh, so if you don't know about Grimace, Grimace has an extended family, too, uh, including that, aunties yeah. who yeah. have, like, flowery dresses and purposes. There's Uncle O'Grimacy who brought Shamrock Shakes to the United States. Uh, and, and there's just a whole family. Like the um,
3: Grimace extended universe. Yeah.
4: And something to know, to know, though, is that a lot of really young people – don't know the whole McDonaldland family. Oh, so, yeah. this might be really their first introduction to Grimace. Uh, because, like, I know all of them. I know Bertie. I know the, the. Mayor McCheese. Yeah, Mayor McCheese, the, the hamburger, yeah. who they had no right to make hot. Uh, but a <laughs> few years ago, they made the hamburger really hot. Uh, God. And um, because the, he was very specifically not hot before, and then they made him hot. That's who Uh, I was
3: thinking of when you said hot like yeah, what no no, there's a new one,
4: and (laughs) he's hot Um, Oh, no, he's hot. (laughs) Yeah, he's very hot. He's very attractive Um, And then like I
1: was thinking like I bet most people now like if you didn't grow up with all these uh characters like I Remember Mm -hmm. I think it was in Avengers Infinity War Uh Star-Lord calls Thanos Grimace. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, right. I think that that was a lot of people now, their introduction to Grimace yeah. when they're like, what the heck is this reference? Right.
0: So if you go in a McDonald's now, have you been in a McDonald's lately?
1: Um, like mm-hmm. in the past month. Okay. But... So they
0: look like coffee shops now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah. Like they're completely bland. It's There's...
1: disgusting. And mm-hmm. even the ones that like we have one in town that still has a play place. Mm-hmm. But also you go in there and they have like little iPad things set up in there as well. Yeah, and it, it's,
0: you don't see any of the characters. There's no Ron no. McDonald or Grimace yeah. or Birdie. Like, no, those characters don't going, exist. I
1: yeah. remember going and, you know, one of the McDonald's that we went to when I was a kid, they literally had a bench there with the Ronald mm-hmm. McDonald statue where you would yeah. sit and get your picture with Ronald. <laughs> like,
4: Yeah, absolutely. So, so I worked at McDonald's for quite a long time, actually, and it, the the specific thing is that the casual dining fast food places were becoming so much more popular than fast food that they had to fight against it. So places like Chipotle, Panera, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, they had to really try and corner that market, and so that's why they went towards a more adult audience rather than a, a kid's audience here.
0: I I get that, but I feel like, you could have like something still yeah.
4: there for kids, mm-hmm. right? Please like,
1: bring back the play place mm-hmm. in its full glory, please. No.
4: <laughs> For the sake of people who work there, I would say do not do that.
1: I'm sorry, employees. Please force parents to watch their children when they're in the play place. I lost a tooth in the play place, Alicia. Right. I'm yeah. not joking.
0: Um, I got
1: stuck in it when I was a kid.
0: I think that's exactly why it's gone. I think it's an insurance thing, probably more than anything. Um, just makes me sad. Yeah, and people. I, I agree. When, when <laughs> I was a kid, We didn't have play places. We didn't have these like nice and like indoor ones and Uh that were all carpeted and everything. You were outside with like the wood chips. And like if you've ever played on a wood chip playground, if you fall on those wood chips, they like stick in you.
1: Yeah. Like they're
0: like basically Mm -hmm. giant splinters. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, you know, it wasn't really all that safe. And then they made the play Uh place, which was like a safer version. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And uh, my understanding is that was really to compete with Chuck E. Cheese.
4: Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then now they're just mostly gone. And here's the thing. Somebody has to clean that slide. And, I'm and that's, sorry, That's employees. not my problem. At least two or three times a week, <laughs> someone pees at the top of the slide.
1: I'm surprised if it's only two or three times yeah. a week, honestly. Well, I, I worked
4: at a very slow McDonald's. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, um, employees. Slow at cleaning or slow at business? <laughs> <laughs> A little of both. I'm sorry, no. <laughs> employees. Can
1: we make parents watch their kids at the play place and pr- bring it back?
4: <laughs> By the way, if, you, if you're if you listening from home, pause and Google hot hamburger really quickly because I'm going to show everyone a picture of the hot hambler, hamburg- I hamburger I already know. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. So here he is. He's making a little secret. What? He's he's like, hey, come over Why here. Why is and he let's have, so human? Let's have an English. Angu- yeah, it's an actual person. Why is he so human? Um, right, supposed he's supposed to give me a burger. Right. And he's like, shh. <laughs> You want this big meat I got right here because this is the, this is an Angus burger, the the big third pound burgers, <laughs> and that's what they brought the Hamburglar for, right? And so he's sitting here being all sexy, posing with this these, you know, half pound or two thirds of a pound burgers right here, and it was it was it was it ruined my childhood. <laughs> um but also, I'm not complaining.
1: <laughs> <laughs> did it really ruin your childhood then, or did it just ruin your childhood innocence?
4: <laughs> okay, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm just surprised that Grimace didn't come out with, like, other things now. Grimace is still Grimace. He's a big taste bud. He is not. In they purple, didn't make a sexy Grimace. Grimace is, is not to daddy. be drawn
1: like one of your French girls. <laughs> right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Hamburglar, though, is he can't go back from being sexy now.
0: The thing I'll say about like this Grimace birthday, like the advertising, they're not actually using Grimace a whole mm-hmm. lot in it. They're using like the purple coloring, yeah, but yeah. like mm-hmm. him as a character, they're still not using a whole lot, which right. is just disappointing. I'll like say, just, I
1: think I saw one thing on social media that had Grimace himself with it, uh-huh, and right. then everything else, like you said, has just been the purple.
0: Yeah, and I will say that I went to McDonald's on the day that they were supposed to have those milkshakes, and I said, "Yeah, I want one of those Grimace milkshakes," and they're like, oh, "I'm." I guess we don't have those. And I was like, uh-huh. well, what is the point, McDonald's? And they're Seriously? like, do, do you want a vanilla shake? And I was like, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants
4: a vanilla milkshake, McDonald's.
1: If it's not Grimace, it's a no. Uh-huh. Don't make us
3: get the Rick and Morty fans out on you, McDonald's. <laughs> so,
4: so what? they do have them now. Okay. You can go get one. Well, not the I McDonald's I went to, <laughs> okay. I will say.
1: I know what I'm doing for dinner.
4: Yeah. So, so two, is they're, they're berry flavored? I'll, I'll meet you up. Right. <laughs> primus Milkshakes. You're just going so, to
1: get a message in our group chat in like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Got it.
0: I, I, I'm not kidding. I will, right. I will meet you at McDonald's <laughs> for <laughs>
1: Primus Milkshakes.
4: Well, so I, I haven't had one yet, but I talked with a friend who works at McDonald's, and they said that it's berry flavored, but you don't know what berry it is. It's just... It's berry flavored, but it's not actually resembling a berry. <laughs> I mean, and it's I kind was of thinking like, like, like grape. Yeah, would have been my. It top. was not. It's not grape. Okay. No. Um, but it it's it's mixed berry, and the like Gatorade is like blue
1: flavored. Wait, right? is it dark blue or, or light blue Gatorade?
4: It's not. It's not. It doesn't taste like them. I'm just saying that we call Gatorade blue, light blue, and not the actual flavors that they're supposed to be. Right. Yeah. Right. This is anyone who calls this is a purple. By
1: it, anyone who calls Gatorade by its actual flavor is a serial killer.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no. I want a red Gatorade. Right. Exactly. And this is kind of like that. It's berry. Yeah. Okay. Not an actual berry, but it's berry flavored.
0: Look, look I'm meeting at McDonald's. Right? <laughs> I have already given up on anything being, like, organic. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or healthy in the slightest. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm mm-hmm. also drinking a fast food milkshake. Yeah. I'm not deluding myself into thinking they're back there grinding up real grapes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> stepping on Unless them. if they're taking a really long time to make it, because that's when you're like, uh-huh. okay, are you killing the cow back there? Are you grinding <laughs> up grapes? Like, what's going on?
0: Well, especially when this is, like, a neon purple shake. Yeah. Like, this is not a naturally occurring color. <laughs> I am under no delusions about what I'm drinking. <laughs> There's nothing unnatural
3: about the Grimace, Justin. <laughs>
0: um, all right. Uh, let's grimace see. Grimace is nature. Um, so it's our Activision News of the Week.
1: Ba, ba, ba. <laughs>
0: the FTC has received a uh, ch- temporary... A restraining order. The FTC here in the U.S. has received a temporary restraining order. This actually just happened last night, blocking the Microsoft Activision deal. Um, So this delays it slightly from them being able to go forward with it. They are seeking a preliminary injunction. What I read, this is not my opinion, but third-party opinion that I read, that they are unlikely to get the preliminary injunction, which would be a more long-term delay Mm -hmm. of the deal. Um, But they did get this temporary restraining order, which does delay it ever so slightly. Again, we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just don't see this being the fight that the FTC or the Biden administration want to pick right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last thing is, just this morning, they released a trailer for a Dead Cells animated series. Uh, which at the end teases that it's coming in 2024. It's not much of a trailer. It just shows like a pile of bodies and the main character's body is on top and his head like flickers on like a, a lighter. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like cute like that. Um, but it's a
1: pile of dead bodies. It's cute like
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you play Dead Cells, it makes more sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> cute for the grimace too. Uh, uh, but are we going to get do, the, do we know what, cha- like, is it uh, Cartoon Network? Is it, like, Netflix? Is it, because I'm like, are we going to get a crossover with the Netflix Castlevania series <laughs> DLC? No,
0: that would be amazing. Um, what I saw did not put a name forward that I was familiar with. I think mm-hmm. the name that is mentioned in the trailer is the production company that's making it. Um, and so it wasn't for a specific platform that okay. I saw. Uh, So it may be something like they're producing this and still shopping it around to different platforms. Um, Or maybe this is going to be something they just release onto the web. I don't know. Um, So uh, last thing here, we've been kind of running down the E3 schedule. There's only two things really left on the schedule at this point. There's the Grasshopper Direct, which happens late tonight, and then the Annapurna Interactive Showcase, which is June 29th. Um, all right, that does it. Let's get to our big question. And as we're headed off into summer, we will not be back next week with an episode. I am going to be out of town. I believe OJ is going to be out of town. I don't know if either of you are going to be out of town as well. Uh, but we will not have an episode next week. I don't know when we'll be back for our next episode. <laughs> but it will be a big one. It will be our 50th fiftieth ep- uh, episode. So we'll have a big celebration. Uh, but it's, it's middle of summer. People are headed to the beach and stuff. Not me. <laughs> but theoretically, people are. Um, and so the question for this week is what's a what's a great beach game? So sort of the thinking on this is maybe it's a game about the beach mm-hmm. and going to the beach, or maybe it's a game that is you know like a great uh, beach read. like you know, I often talk about books that are good for the beach, which are kind of generally sort of lighthearted, um you know, maybe like a thriller or something, but like a know,
1: lighthearted thriller. As they are. <laughs> well, you know
0: what I mean. <laughs> You're not reading Dostoevsky on the beach, generally speaking. We're not? <laughs> well, most people aren't, Ryan. We'll agree that maybe you are. <laughs> Um. So, Alicia, what is a great beach game? You
1: think? Well, it's funny because my first thought when I saw this was, "Oh dear, please don't bring your consoles to the beach. You're going to get sand in the charge ports. <laughs> like, it's going to get wet." Like, I just. But I think there there are a couple of things that come to my mind. Like the first thing that comes to my mind is probably the first Kingdom Hearts game. I think of when you're on Destiny Islands, like that beginning part. I remember...
0: Very tropical.
1: Very tropical. Like, sitting there with my... Especially, like, the first time we played, my sister and me, you know, of course, she had to sit there and grind in the beginning, and I'm like, (laughs) please get moving with the story. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But she was just, you know, re-racing Riku until she could beat him, you know, (laughs) playing with the other characters on the island, and I was like, this is, this is, like, my thought for Beach Vibes. (laughs) But then I feel like I do need to give an obligatory shout-out here to Pokemon, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald because 7.8, too much water. <laughs> 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 so lots of lots of beach vibes from that. But honestly, I think if I was going to go for, like, a game that I would want to play sitting on the beach, assuming that I'm keeping my consoles away from getting sand in the charger <laughs> or, or anything like that, because <laughs> I'm very paranoid about that... <laughs> um. Honestly, I was kind of thinking, I'm like, you know, I feel like I would want to go back and have the nostalgia of the original Pokemon Gold, Silver, Crystal Mm -hmm. era, and I don't know why it's Johto that stands out to me as, like, the Mm -hmm. ones I would want to play as, like, I'm just having a chill time on the beach, Mm -hmm. but I think think for me it would have to be, and not even Heart, Gold, Soul, Silver, I would Mm -hmm. want it to be the original Gen 2 Mm -hmm. Pokemon games. Mm -hmm. All right.
0: Uh, Ryan.
3: I had a couple thoughts. Uh, like, one, like, the one I probably actually would is, like, Animal Crossing New Horizons, just because it's a chill game. You have a beach in it. Um, you could, like, maybe practice, like, playing around or decorating or fishing on that while you're on the beach instead of, you know, actually doing the things that the beach are on. Um, but I think that's, like, that to me, like, feels like a chill, relaxed, fitting game for that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I thought of was, and I think you can there was that Super Mario All-Star pack that came out on the Switch a while back. Mm -hmm. So that'd be a way to play this. But the other one that to me seemed like a big choice was just because thematically, uh, Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, Because like... Al Delfino. Delfino, yeah. And like, just like the tropical paradise of that Mm -hmm. place uh, and trying to clean it up. And it just thematically, it felt like fitting, so...
0: Yeah, uh, and there there are levels that take place on the beach. Yep. So, yeah.
3: That's a
4: good choice. Uh... OJ, Okay, so when I read this question, and this is a weird, weird nostalgia thing, the first thing that popped up for me was Skate or Die on the oh. NES, oh. Yeah. because there was a beach level that you, you would play through and stuff like that, and I really enjoyed that game at the time. I'm sure if I went back and tried it, it would just be horrible, and I wouldn't ever want to play it again, but I really enjoyed that game when it came out.
0: If you go back and play Skate or Die, you should play the Commodore 64 version.
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay. But that, that, but that is a great game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I thought about when I thought about a game on the beach. And that's all I've been able to think about, which is it seems a little weird to me because I know there have been plenty of games on a beach. But then also thinking about the what was the, the game that just came out too, Like a Dragon with Infinite Wealth. He woke up on a beach naked. So, I mean. <laughs> I guess I. It seems like it might be a great game. I don't know. I don't even. I've never played any of the any of that type of game before, but we'll see. Um, but as far as something to play on a beach, I would think some some type of like match three game would be really nice for being on a beach because you don't have to give it a whole bunch of attention. Like if someone starts playing volleyball, you can just turn and watch them and not have to worry about the game. If a bird flies over, that that's all. Um, all you have to do, and I. I I always think that a lot of stuff is going to happen on the beach. It may or may not. But I also like to just, like, kind of people watch and sit back. So so, uh, that's what I was thinking. Like, a match-three game would be really nice to play. Maybe Candy Crush.
0: You're thinking of the beach versus MTV Spring Break. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, your yeah. imagined version in your head when you're headed to the beach is yeah. this is going to be MTV Spring Break yeah. Yeah. <laughs> versus
4: the reality, which is it's just the beach. <laughs> yeah, which is fair. And I, so I grew up on Lake Michigan. Uh, so the beach was very different than MTV. But I still sure. think about if I'm going on vacation, I think about that spring break type stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just make sure I go to the beach on spring break and then so I can people watch then. Because <laughs> I did love MTV Spring Break. I watched it every year. Yeah. Um, so
0: I wrote this and then I stopped and thought about it. And I think the most obvious answer for me would be dead or alive, extreme beach volleyball, (laughs) the game where you, um, have characters who play volleyball against one another. And then you can like, buy Them gifts of new bikinis and give them to them, and then there's a photo mode because, of course, there is. Oh my gosh, the fact that that game ever got made is one of the most insane things in video game history, and it got made based on a very popular franchise, right? The Dead or Alive uh, fighting games. So, I, I just think about like. You know, would we get a Mario game? Are we going to get a Mario... Mar- oh, so,
1: so Mario Party 4 and 5, at least, do have Beach Volleyball.
0: <laughs> yes, but <laughs> you aren't able to give, like, Peach, like, new bikinis and take pictures I mean, of her. I mean, the- there
1: is nipple percent in Super Mario Odyssey speed running, so... <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay alicia <laughs> I was Trying to give, Mar- give nintendo some benefit of the doubt
1: you can give nintendo benefit of the doubt it's nintendo fans you can
0: <laughs> well yes definitely they are they are a bunch of perverts as we all know um and then the other game i thought of was uh link's awakening um because that oh is yeah. on a tropical island and there's the beach and everything on there uh but I, I do think, like, if I'm thinking of a beach game, it is Dead or Alive is the one that mm-hmm. comes to mind. Unfortunately, <laughs> I feel like my mind's been poisoned. Mm-hmm. The the other one I guess I I didn't think of before would be Wind Jammers, um, because you do play that at least on a couple of different beach levels, mm-hmm. and they have the beach games like with the dog and everything where you're throwing mm-hmm.
4: the um, throwing the frisbee for the dog. So I guess that's a good beach game as well. So that your Dead or Alive one reminded me of a game that came out a long time ago. Uh, it was on PlayStation 2. And it was BMX XXX. Yep. Uh, and so you could, when you were talking about, you can buy and take pictures of them with the uh, bikinis that had that, and you could also have, like, boobs out in, in the game at yep. some point. So, uh, yeah, a PlayStation 2 game. I remember parents coming in, like, because I worked at Blockbuster at the time, and their children complaining that, or their parents complaining mm-hmm. that children just came in, Because, so in the Blockbuster accounts, you could say my children are allowed to get mature games and stuff like that. And people, Mm. and so like people said, yes, my parent, my kids can get mature games. And then they would get BMX, XXX, and they were like, you just showed my my four-year-old titties. And I'm like, well, you, 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 you said like, it I was okay. I didn't show them anything. Yeah, <laughs> you said it was okay, ma'am. I do not have those. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so but yeah, that's that's what what I thought about too. So I think about Skater Die and BMX XXX with uh, all this nostalgia. We're talking about the beach.
2: Yeah, <laughs> the I difference. love that.
1: This is like the stu- and I'm like, you know, the last time I was on the beach was when I sat and listened to a two hour audiobook of the Final Fantasy Seven novellas. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Alicia, I'm only saying this because you brought it up earlier. That is one of the nerdiest things I've ever
4: heard. <laughs> Going to the
0: beach to listen to an audiobook of Final Fantasy 7.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was where I listened to the On the Way to a Smile Shinra chapter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, the difference is... Th- Dead or I mean, um, Skater dies. is actually, a really good, great game yeah. for its yeah. era. BMX is a
4: terrible game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just wanted to show titties on a game. As that's the whole reason the game was made.
0: Well, I mean, it was. They were making the game already, and mm-hmm. they the previous games in that franchise mm-hmm. were not selling. So yeah. that was a previous series mm-hmm. of. It, it was sort of a takeoff on um, uh, Tony Hawk, but mm-hmm. with uh, with bicycles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the previous games weren't selling. So when they were right. in the middle of developing that one, they were like, We have to do something different. Mm-hmm. What if we just put, you know, nudity yeah. in this one? Let's and show pixel titties. Yeah. <laughs> I think there yeah. were like video clips in there too, you could unlock. Just mm-hmm. um, have this image of Hank Hill yeah.
2: going, whoa! <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that was happening at a lot of homes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when little Billy brought that home and his mm-hmm. parents going, What did you get? And he's like, I got a BMX xxx game <laughs> and then parents being mortified yeah cuz I'm imagining
1: lot of- like oj you've talked before about like playing video games with your, your parents watching something yeah. on the tv <laughs> and, then you're t- and then the video game tv directly below it and yeah. like you're playing that game yeah. and suddenly
4: <laughs> so because a lot of a lot of the young people didn't realize that xxx meant like pornography they thought no, it was like, thought extreme. like extreme yeah like extreme x, 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 but no that's not what it was that's really funny <laughs> like we, we really poisoned an entire generation yeah. anyway. <laughs>
0: everything in the 90s had to have you know, like we're gonna drop the e it's just extreme it's yeah. the x games <laughs> yeah. yeah i can completely believe a kid would i would say in. i feel
1: like i i feel like now that you brought that game up <laughs> i remember it and i never played <laughs> it but i remember seeing it and yeah. Mm-hmm. Never would have guessed at that age mm-hmm. that it was going to be nudity. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's uh, there's a few games like that that you know, there's always games that get sort of released independently, mm-hmm. but like that actually got released onto consoles and everything with nudity and stuff in them. So there was um there was uh what is it? The Man game um which was sort of a a take on Jackbox meets uh, girls gone wild. And so oh, it was like a tri- oh, No, it was like a trivia game, but like you got rewarded for getting the trivia questions by clips that were basically from a beach. Mm-hmm. So like, I guess this is uh, another beach game, <laughs> uh, but it was like girls at a beach flashing you their breast. And, the thing is that game ended up getting pulled from shelves because they did not actually have the rights to uh well, like the signed uh-huh. off and i think actually it went front of that i think some of the some of the young women were actually under 18 oh, oh man and had had lied and signed yeah. off on a form but mm-hmm. like weren't actually of age mm-hmm. to be able to sign off right on that and that so it's
1: just a nightmare that mm-hmm.
0: game got that game got pulled. I think that's the correct story of why that game got pulled. Um, and, but, like, you know, that was another attempt. So they, they keep doing this every... I, I feel like in the, like, late 90s, early 2000s was kind mm-hmm. of the heyday of, like, let's put nudity in video games. This will yep. sell it to, like, more people. and mm-hmm. not It was, like, this sort of insecurity that video games weren't enough just to sell to mm-hmm. people, that you had to... You know, throw something else in there. And, of course, sex sells. But, you know, like, pornography is very different than, like, the shows you're watching mm-hmm. on Apple TV or HBO. Mm-hmm. I mean, is maybe it not. Is different from HBO? <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> but, you know, like, I would say certainly there are people who enjoy the nudity in a show like Game of Thrones. But, like, that's not why people are watching mm-hmm. that show for the most part. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and well, in
1: something like game of thrones, you know, I, I have not watched game of thrones. I might read the books one day, but I refuse to watch the show just cause I know how bad it gets. Yeah. But from what I've heard, it's real like the nudity and all that is a lot more extreme in the first couple mm-hmm. seasons for the shock value to get people hooked. Mm-hmm. And then once yeah. you get further in, like you said, pe- people weren't really watching for that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> well, it's so- like
0: the Sopranos where, you know, they're, um, they're sort of base where they operated out of was a strip club. So there would just be scenes in that show where you have these characters having these like very in-depth conversations and in the background. There's some woman dancing topless mm-hmm. and you're like, it, it, it's almost a distraction while you're watching it. Like get her off the screen. I don't care anything about what she's yeah. doing. Like I understand there's a, a minimum amount of nudity mm-hmm. you have to have in every episode. <laughs> but like the HBO clause. Yeah. Well, the, Oh, this is off topic, but like uh, the TV show Party Down that was on uh, originally Showtime. um, There's a famous story from that show, which is the sitcom about uh, out-of-work actors working for a catering company in Los Angeles. It's a very good show, and lots of like up-and-coming actors were on that show uh, when it originally came on, like Adam Scott and Lily Kaplan before they got really big. Um, But the thing that's really funny is they were producing that show and they made the first few episodes of the season and the network came to them and said hey there's nothing to sell people on this show like you need to put more nudity into the show <laughs> and they were like we're caterers <laughs> like How are we going to have nudity in our show? That's
1: the best response to that demand. And they're like, no, no,
0: you need to work it in there. So there's an episode of that show that takes place at the uh, adult video awards. (laughs) And the entire reason they wrote that episode was just to get nudity into
1: it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So there's just
0: like porn stars walking around nude <laughs> in the background of that episode. And it's still this just, like, dumb sitcom. <laughs> like it takes place at those awards. And I love that story, like, oh the creators of that show just going, we don't know what to do. <laughs> um, Alright, that's completely off topic. Um <laughs> But that does it for this week's episode. As we said, we uh, will not be back next week. I don't know when the next episode will be because there's people moving in and out of town. Then we're coming up on holidays with 4th of July. But we'll be back soon with another episode. That will be episode 50. So we'll try to actually get everyone into a room and actually do a full episode (laughs) for that uh, because that'll be exciting. 50 episodes. That's pretty amazing like Mm -hmm. uh, basically a little less than a year and a half Mm -hmm. we've got 250 episodes Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when you consider all of our schedules and everything like meeting up for that so that'll be exciting to do that'll be a big milestone thank you again alicia oj and ryan Mm -hmm. for being here
1: thank you justin for doing this
0: uh well you are welcome alicia (laughs) (laughs) Um, we'll be back soon with another episode thank you for listening and check out slukiegames.com bye